Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Have a great episode lined up for you again this week. I spoke with Lila Klink of Elate Apparel from her studio space, from the location, and we had a great conversation. Lila is an artist who originally came up in fashion and eventually moved over to Fibers at SCAD, and she has been in the grind for a very, very long time. She has worked her way up and finally recently opened up a full space that she's operating Elate Apparel out of. And so I wanted to catch up with her because I know that there's a lot of other artists who are, you know, have been in the grind for a long time and have started their own business. And it's just a really cool sort of story and a story of perseverance. And Lila is absolutely lovely as well. She's a great gregarious person that I think you're going to enjoy hearing from. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air, my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as my Sunday columns at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section. Last week, I had the opportunity to speak with the folks of the Nomadic Photo Arc over at Sulphur Studios, which was a really fun interview. Plus, I did a column about two young creatives who were up to a lot of really interesting things, one from Savannah Arts Academy and one from Deep Center. And I think you're going to want to check out both of those articles. Again, savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section. But let's get to this week's episode of Art on the Air. Again, Lila Klink of Elite Apparel talking about how she came up through the arts, everything that she's working on today, and how that very first printed t-shirt went. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm speaking with Lila Klink, and we are at Elate Apparel, her business. Describe what you do here, because actually I feel like you kind of do a lot of different <laughs> things. So Lila, explain what you're doing here at Elate. Um, you know, it's funny as people always are like, what do you do? Like, what's your business? I'm like, uh... Uh, so here we do screen printing. We do mostly commercial screen printing. Um, so we do have our own designs, but we do so many other people's designs that when we get to do our own designs, it is such a treat. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, we do screen printing. We have vinyl. We have sublimation, which has blown up recently in the pandemic with stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we we try to do two, a little and too much all at the same time we try to we try to do as much as we can but often take on a lot of projects that we should just say no to but we do it because we enjoy it because we want people to be elated i love which is silly but that's how we came up with that name it's like this is the perfect name because elate the word it just means to bring joy or overjoyed. And that's the goal is to bring joy into people's lives for whatever it is that we are creating for them, with them, working with them. Just like, hey, we had this great conversation and I was elated by it. Like, why not? That's so sweet. I love that. That's such a nice, <laughs> it's such a nice vibe. I mean, just to start people off. They know what they're getting into, that, that kind of vibe. It doesn't, I don't know, it just feels, that's just a nice, nice way to start things off. Describe kind of like, I mean, you say you're doing these things, but like, what does that mean? Are you, 
starting at the graphic design phase? Are you starting at the discussion of like somebody comes to you with an idea and they're like, I have no idea what I want to do, but I want to do this. Or is it more like refined, like kind of like go through the, go through what you actually do here, like on a daily basis. So, um, well, every client is different. Everybody that comes to us has a different need. A lot of them often already have their design. And so they come to us and they say, okay, well, I want to get this printed. What's the process? And then that's when I break down, well, it depends on how many colors it is. It depends on the type of garment you want it on. Um, Are you looking, you know, a lot of people that are just kind of starting off, they are working on a budget. Mm -hmm. And so I work to fit within that budget, like without hurting them and myself, obviously. And so these are, this is the process that I go through. Okay, like how many colors does your design have? How many locations do you have? What type of garment do you want it on? What, you know, like what is your budget, as I said? Um, and then from there, if they have a design, I look at it and then, you know, we, I give them a quote and I'm like, well, this is about, you know, what it's going to cost you to do this. And anymore these days, it's a lot more than it was a week ago even, yeah, um, right. which, you know, that part is scary. Like when you hear that number, you know, for anybody that's like, Oh, it's like, this is where we are now, unfortunately. But yeah, that's the process. And I love when, when people come in and they're like, these are all my ideas. I had a guy come in last week and he was showing me all these ideas that he had, he was on Canva and created all these things. I was like, cool. And he's like, I've been to other screen printers and I've been to other people and they won't take me. They, they say that they can't print my design. And I'm like, well, let's look at your design. I'm honest with people. Yeah. Probably sometimes a little too honest. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, he showed me his design. I was like, that can totally be screen printed. It's likely the amount of screens that have to be used. Mm-hmm. So I explained to people the screen printing process. Most people do not understand the screen printing process. They don't understand that. You're like, they'll, sh- they'll be like, hey, can you screen print this photograph? It's like, Probably, but that's going to be a lot of screens. So, because they don't think about for every screen is one color. Right. Right. And so, and then if you have multiple locations and that location has multiple colors, that's another screen. And so, I've seen very few businesses sort of break it down that way. Um, I know celebrities used to have this really great kind of breakdown illustration on their website of how the screen printing process works. And I really appreciated that. So when I set up my website, I sort of mimicked that. I tried to like mimic that a little bit without like directly copying them because I was like, yeah, they're explaining how the process works, you know, because sometimes you don't get that person that's like willing to sit down with you because it's, it's too busy in the shop or they're just not willing to, you know, and to honestly say, this is how it works. So if you want this done, like we can do it, but this is what it's going to take to do that. Well, and that's such a good point because like I'm an artist and an art person and I talk to art people all the time. And like I've talked to other really incredible screen printers like Titty Bats and like Mm -hmm. people who are doing really cool stuff. And like even I don't fully understand the process and I'm like one of the people who should understand the process. So like laying it out for an everyday person who owns a business who's not necessarily like an art person, like, I think most people aren't going to really know what's up. And that also kind of explains to them why it costs X amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's funny because you keep saying, like, I'm doing this or I'm doing it. It really is you. It's you and you have one other person here working with you. It's you. Like, 
So the relationships, like when you're creating a project, it's literally Lila and Hunter. And Hunter and the client. Yeah. So, I mean, what's that like? Because it's like, it's, you have a business name, a late, which is Mm -hmm. what you've explained, but it's like, it all kind of is on your back. It's on your shoulders. (laughs) In fact, today we're here and you have a sunburn because you were were out doing an event yesterday. Like you were out literally selling your, your, your brand at an event. So like, it's you in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't think of it like that. I really don't. Well, how do you think of it then? Um, I like to think of it as we, you know, when I, even on our website, it's like, let's grow together because we are all starting somewhere and none of us do this alone, period. It doesn't matter what you do. None of us do this alone. Right. We are all in this together. And so that's often how I approach people and being in the service industry for over 20 years, like I have a love hate relationship with people, but I mostly love people and I love human connection and I love like face-to-face interaction because to me that's really important everything has become very automated it's all online it's all social media and so much of it anymore I feel is very like disconnected Mm -hmm. and I like to connect with people that's what I really enjoy and I think other people enjoy that too you know it's like because we just want to connect and that's how we do it as business owners we connect with each other you know like through pop-ups and things like that like there's networking, but mm-hmm. you're connecting with the person who's purchasing this because they connect to your product that you're making. But when they're looking to make their own product to build their own brand, like when you can connect with them and make them feel good about their own product, that kind of boosts their self-esteem or boosts their ego, if you will. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, but it makes them feel better about what they're doing. Sure. You know, because it feels like so many people are like, I want to start my own brand. Like, I want to do this thing and we all want that so you know like I don't want to be somebody else's competition I'm like well let's do this together let's work together to build each other up I love that and you know it's funny because it is true it's like as artists we work in a little bubble like we're on our own and so we might have an idea but we don't really know if it's any good like we don't really and we don't really necessarily I mean, you can look stuff up on the internet and stuff, but it's nice to have somebody actually a person, another human being, like respond with feedback, work with somebody. Like you said, you had somebody come in and bring a design and say, well, how can we do this? Like, be honest with them. Like, how can you make this thing happen? And I think that that's kind of nice. It's like, because most folks are just operating within this bubble. And I think it was interesting too, is that we all learned how important that human contact was, I think during the height of the pandemic where it's like we could not have that mm-hmm. and it's like oh my gosh wow like I really need to be around people so having that personal connection is kind of nice it's like oh it's you say ego but really it is like you need some confirmation like am I yeah. have, has a thing I've been working on for X amount of time to try to do is mm-hmm. it like it will it resonate with like another person yeah so that's kind of cool I want to take this all the way back though and I want, to, I want to talk about the beginnings of Elite, but I actually want to kind of take a step back even further than that, because I want to know, like, talk a little bit about your artistic background, because you're trained as an artist, like, you have this artistic background, so talk a bit about that if you could. So, uh, so I would not <laughs> consider myself trained as an artist at all. Um, I, I mean, I went to art school, so I started, um, I... I got into screen printing through 
art school, honestly. Um, and where'd you go to art school? Uh, I finished, I went to SCAD. I started in Tampa, which was funny. I have a fashion degree, fashion design and, and marketing, which marketing is funny because I'm terrible at it. But um, Are you? that is... Are I you, think so. I mean, we're sitting you in gotta the be office like doing, right now. <laughs> you got to do all the social media stuff. It's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. But no, I started there. I mean, I feel like just as a kid, I'm just like always been drawn to the arts in some way. Yeah. And I never considered myself an artist. I just enjoy art. I enjoy uh-huh. making. I want to touch things. I want to like doodle, even if it doesn't look good in somebody else's eye, because art is subjective. Like it looks good to me. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. It connects to me. So, um, so I was like, you know what? I want to pursue this. And I thought fashion was the direction that I wanted to go. And then when I moved here and I took the fashion classes here, I didn't particularly care for. I, I mean, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I just didn't care for the teachers and I didn't care for the students because okay. I didn't feel like I fit in. Because what I started in, off with fashion, what I was doing in Tampa was S&M wear, which is, you know, in Florida, they're not as conservative as, say, Savannah. Even at an art school, Savannah can be pretty conservative in terms of what you design so I like pursued those things in the fashion department and I just got a lot of like I didn't get a lot of good feedback right so when I was in Tampa I had teachers that specialized in in certain things that interested me so I switched my major to fibers and that's where I was introduced to screen printing not that screen printing is some secret thing but it was one of the class requirements and I was like this is awesome this Mm. is great um, fibers alone is great. I've done, I really fell in love with weaving, with doing hand dyed fabrics. The history of fabric is very tedious, but incredibly interesting. Um, yeah. when we think about, cause we don't ever think about like, where does cotton come from? Why does this feel the way it is? Why is it spun the way it is? Why is it called ring spun cotton versus just a tight, tight knit coffin? Like those things are really interesting to me. And people don't think that's like, we don't think about that yeah. in the everyday world about like fabric where it is today where fabric was so important yeah and it was it was considered money at one point so i just really dove into that and then um the screen printing part i just i got really carried away with it um specifically in my class we focused on um we learned with water-based inks and we did a lot of repeat pattern design which honestly was my passion i wanted Mm -hmm. just this great warehouse so i could just do all these really cool repeat pattern designs on fabric um, and kind of ended up here. Uh-huh. Not that it's not still a goal, um, but it's been many years since I've done um, uh, repeat pattern design for screen printing um, or even my hand dyed fabrics. I used to really love doing that and doing block printing, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so so, so you're not trained except for that you were totally trained. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a trained artist. When I think of trained artists, I like, you know, I look at you and I look at all these other artists that are local and I, I really admire them. But I have to remember that I can't compare my art to for somebody sure. else's yeah. art because my style is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I couldn't, you know, draw a bear to save my life. But I am, I love to do hand-dyed things. I just like to be handsy Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that I loved about screen printing um, because you can get fabric digitally printing printed but what I loved about screen printing specifically for repeat pattern design is that 
the tiny little mistakes that you might make make that piece that much more. For sure. You know, even with screen printing, I'm trying to pump out shirts for the thing. And some of them, I was working with Waterbase and I hadn't worked with it in a while. Also, the ink was kind of old. And I'm like trying to push the thing through the screen and like parts of the design were missing. And I was like, meh, oh well. You know, I'm like, we'll just run it through. We'll see what happens. You know, it's not perfect, but that's okay. And fortunately, um, that kind of thinking is because I had really great teachers in the fibers department, specifically my... Um, one teacher that I had for a dyeing class that she talked about happy accidents. Mm. And I love that. And she, she, that, just that alone changed how I view art, period. I'm like, happy accidents. There are no accidents. It's like Bob Ross, the happy accidents. Thing. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Happy little trees, happy little accidents. So, um, you know, so that's helpful because you never know. Like, whatever. That one little mistake made that shirt unique or made that print unique. And that's what right. I like about it. So that's what I like about the hand, you know. And it feels... So Hunter does all of the printing now because um, I don't get to be on the press. i got to be in here and i got to take care of all these things. And the down... So it felt good to be on the press and be like, you know, cool, making some... Printing some shirts. Nice. And why don't I do this more often? Oh, because... <laughs> I make, I make myself too busy, you know, <laughs> so, because we talk about new designs all the time, we're like, oh, this would be such a great design, and, you know, it's, it's finding the time to even sit down to, like, mm -hmm. pump out another design, and will it sell at a market, or, you know, whatever, so. Well, we talked about that a little bit before we started the recording, is, like, you know, being busy, and, like, you just, you're a small business owner, so you're, like, taking on, it's hard to turn down work, because you never know when your next job's coming in. Yeah, yeah, which is true. I mean, you don't. It doesn't matter what you do. You never know when you're next. I mean, honestly, like, if you're working a nine-to-five, like, if the building burns down, you don't know if you have a job tomorrow, especially today. Like, you might not have a job tomorrow. I mean, that's a building burning down is, like... <laughs> Less huge, likely than... <laughs> I only say that because I, I am still bartending on River Street. I've just taken my days back. I'm only three days a week because there's still a fear there about totally just like jumping all the way in and I know if I jump all the way in I'm gonna be okay it's gonna be a struggle at first but it's gonna be okay but there's still that fear for sure it's incredibly scary and I see people you know friends that have taken these big leaps and just like I'm all in I'm doing it and I'm like I admired the <laughs> out of you because I'm so scared to do it and even Hunter last week he goes so when are you quitting your job I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready. Well, now you're going to be big time. You're out getting newspaper article, radio. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Even a manager at work, because I've been there for so long, and I think also it's like a comfort place, mm -hmm. and it's um, like complacency because I know that I can fall back on that, and I know, and that is the worst thing about the service industry is like. Oh, you can always fall back on this, but I don't want to fall back on that. You know, like I love doing stuff for other people. I love printing people's things. I love that people trust me to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I fail, they trusted me. Right. Um, and I love that. And I just like, you know, so, but if I had more time to dedicate, then I could work on new designs or new ideas to really push because I have a lot of... We, we signed a three-year lease for this building. Like, I wish we owned it, but we don't. But 
Um, so, but I have like great, a lot of ideas for this in terms mm-hmm. of like, how do we reach this community on this side of town, on the east side of Savannah, which doesn't get a lot of recognition at all. You know, you say the east side of Savannah and people have like a really negative view of it. And I'm like, well, I've been over here almost 10 years just mm-hmm. living over here. Yeah. So, you know, like there are some things that I've, I, that are kind of scary, but that's in any part of Savannah. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are in Savannah. So, you know, I think the east side needs some recognition without the gentrification. Yeah, okay. Without the gentrification. <laughs> don't start pushing people out of their homes because this is the place that people want to be. No, that's not okay. But why not give the people... Like, what can we give people on this side of town in a creative light that draws more locals on this side of town in? I love it. And one thing that you have done that I think has brought in some locals is you've been doing events in your parking lot, bringing people in. I went to one of them. It was awesome. I actually drove by your the one that you did a couple of, I guess it was was a weekend ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw Yoli Malali was setting up her stuff, Mm -hmm. and I was like, it was all getting set up, and I... When you have a toddler, you can't predict anything of what's going to happen in your day. So let's be honest, I was like, we're going to come back. And then it was, yeah. the toddler decided we were not coming back. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> For the rest but of your life. <laughs> how did that start? How did like you get that going? Because it the, the one that I went to was cool. Like, you had a food truck, you had vendors. We bought some stuff from the vendors. We bought some stuff from the food truck. Your partner, Casey, was there. And mm-hmm. he, like, was selling mushrooms, mm-hmm. the mushrooms that he was growing. And the food truck had taken some of those mushrooms. I made, like, fried mushrooms. It was a really fun thing. I ran into some friends, like, that were here. Mm -hmm. How did that kind of all start, like, doing these things in the parking lot? How did you set all that up? How did that work out? So that particular event, which was uh, in December, that was we teamed up with Abode Studios Mm -hmm. right across the street from us. And um, it was a large, like, winter event for that so it was here and there but it was one event so um eoli and i tried to put something together in uh november for that but we were both so overwhelmed with the holidays it was like pre-post holiday and um so we decided not to do that event and we looked at the date and because she actually helped um with that one we kind of put that together so what we're looking at is to do quarterly events here that include, that's a little more inclusive, I feel. Mm-hmm. Not to knock any market that is here in Savannah, because all the markets are amazing and they have all incredibly talented people. Um, I feel like some of them are a little less inclusive than others. Yeah, okay. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. There is, sometimes in Savannah, you just have like a particular taste and these artists meet that taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Punk Rocky uh, flea market yesterday, there was, it, it did, did seem kind of like all in the same genre, but there were so many artists that had all kinds of different, really unique things. And I really appreciated that. I felt like we definitely fit in there in terms of what we create. Um, But I just want to create something where everybody can come. You know, like if you're a 13 year old and you painted these things and you're like, I want to dip my toes in the water and see what it's like to set up because I can't set up at any other event, you know, like bring a four foot table out here, sell your, sell your wares. Um, actually, you know, when the first Friday, uh, when they used to do the first Friday art march over on DeSoto, mm-hmm. 
it was very similar to that. It was like 10 bucks you could set up and anybody could come. Anybody could set up. It, like, yeah. it felt, you know, and we were just starting off with the printing then. So we didn't know anything about how to set up and make it look appealing or anything. Like, we were just like, here's our shirts that we did, you know. <laughs> and people liked them. And it feels good when people want to have a piece of your work. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, it validates us, as you said validates us as artists you know so when somebody wants something that i made i'm like really oh my gosh yes <laughs> at this point i want to give it to you <laughs> Just, I mean, it's merry christmas um, so but you know that's the the there's the down and upsides about commercializing your art yeah like um it's a really fine balance I it mean, really is and it's yeah. so hard i was talking to a couple of people yesterday it's like it's hard to be it's not hard to be an artist it's hard to sell as an artist Mm -hmm. because there's so many artists and there's so many great artists and your measure of success as an artist is often defined by money like i'm successful as an artist because people are buying my art for these high prices or left and right you know whether it's a high price or a low price and I can't say that I haven't been caught up in the same idea, but at the same time, it's like art's for everybody. And um, I know I, I've talked about you a couple of times in the direction you went in with your art. And I was mm-hmm. like, I really admire that because it's art for the sake of art. It's not for sale. It's art for the sake of art. It's art that like, means I'm the one that puts out all of the money and comes in the negative <laughs> every single time I make it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's for people to view, not take it. Like, you take it home here. So. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I think that I, I was in the commercial world of art and galleries and selling work and stuff like that, and I realized that in order to really pursue that, it required a sacrifice of my artistic integrity in a way that I didn't feel so comfortable with. So I totally rejected that. Like to the point where I don't sell anything anymore. Like I don't want to sell any work and I want to keep those things totally separate, which is why I write for the paper and do this stuff. Because it's like, that's a way that I can be in the arts and support other artists, which I love. You know, you're talking about this. Like there's, I take such great joy in like highlighting other artists. And you said there's so many great artists. Like, Dude, my job is to talk to cool people. Like that's literally kind of my job, job ever, right? Like right? I just I'm talking to you. Like, <laughs> it's I not even a job. <laughs> I get to come here and like talk about cool stuff with cool people. Like, and and that helps me. Like I, you know, I feel like I'm in the arts, but I don't have to. And I get a, I get paid, but I don't have to like make art to be paid. Yeah. You know, and um, and so it's interesting, but, um, but you know, that's that thing too, is like, you know, you, at the end of the day though, you do need like, there's that, but you have to make money. Yeah, you like, you, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. work. Yeah, it Everything is. we do is work. Like how, no matter how much time you dedicate to it, it's still work, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I said, the doing t-shirts wasn't particularly the direction that I was aiming for, but it's where we are, you know, it's mm-hmm. where life kind of took us. And we started off as um actually as you well know it's the doghouse studio and that actually derived we had an art studio when i was still in college and it was myself and um my friend caroline who is also a really incredible artist what's Um, her last name sansone okay she's actually out at sea wolf now she's she has done well she's more of a manager there but her artistic 
point of view is all over that place. Mm-hmm. All over, like, she basically has done a lot of the beautification okay. of it. Okay, nice. Um, so, it's, it was her and I and um, our friend uh, Victoria, who's no longer in Savannah. She's in New York now. So, Caroline and I were both fibers majors, and Victoria was in film, um, and we are like, we need a space to work that's not out in the SCAD buildings because they're not open 24 hours. Right. When you're a student in art school, you don't get a couple of hours and then, no, we're, you're pulling all night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Many all-nighters. Um, and then just, just a place where we can be outside of that and, like, focus. Because there's so much pressure at SCAD. There's so much pressure on kids to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we needed that sort of outside. So we created, like, we found this... Um, uh, apartment on 37th Street, and we turned it into our art studio with the three of us paying for it. Nice. And that we did one art show there. And, and how long ago was this? This is a bit now. Yeah, this was in 2009, and I um, was there until 2013. Okay. So uh, it started out with the three of us, then Victoria moved, and then it was just the two of us, and then Caroline moved and then it was just me and it became studio and apartment um, which was also really cool because 1600 square feet of apartment plus studio space was amazing Um, but that's actually how that started in Casey when Casey and I met you know I was just like I'd actually taken one of Jefferson's designs and I was like hey man like can I simplify this design and put it on a shirt and like split the money with you and just like sling some shirts he was like yeah cool devs and i built this table um so that i could print on and i was just like pinning t-shirts and like roughly kind of centering <laughs> this design you know and, and doing some prints and and um you know i made some cool things and casey was like hey I bought you this t-shirt press. And I was like, I don't know anything about printing t-shirts. And you just got me this press, this person I barely know. Um, (laughs) But that's how that started. One Mm -hmm. t-shirt press, a single color, single station press. And he actually learned how to use it before (laughs) I did. He had to teach me how to use it. And this is like kind of what it's grown into. Casey, honestly, Casey did a lot of the growing in terms of, because I had to learn how to print differently. And it's not unsimilar to what I was doing at SCAD. You still had to work with registration marks if you're doing multiple colors and things like that. Like, it's still the same, but it was different. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to learn a whole different style of printing. Like screen printing is screen printing, but when you're doing apparel, it's it's different, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and you're referring, I just want to let our audience know, you're referring to Jefferson O'Neill and Casey Patrick, the, yes, as far yes. as the people that we're mentioning. And actually, I interviewed Jefferson before. Jefferson's yeah. been on the yeah, radio I remember. show before. And we talked that. about one of the shirts that you guys actually printed, which was the shirt of, it was a Stranger Things yeah. variation, but like Magnum P.I. Yeah, the Stranger Harper Th- P.I. Yeah, Har- yeah, exactly. Yes. Harper P.I. And I have that shirt, actually. I have a couple <laughs> of your shirts. I have that one. I have a St. Patrick's Day shirt. Gretchen has one of the ones with like the heart and the... The art heart. The art heart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we have some of your stuff. And of course, we have a bunch of pillows because you did a job for Gretchen's business, G2, a couple yeah, of years right. ago with the camera. 
And so we have those. I literally use that pillow every day still. So, nice. <laughs> so I still have that from the early days. That's such a cool story, though, like pinning a shirt and onto like a board and doing mm-hmm. your first print and being in this space. Now, how big is this space? Um, it it's it's just under twelve hundred square feet. It's so, literally it's a house that was turned into a business. And this this has been it was a barber shop for many years. It was all it's only been a barber shop as far as I know. Like and then and now we're here. <laughs> I love it though, because like you're talking about like you love making art and all this stuff. And I wanted to mention this, but when I first came in, one of the things I most noticed, it smells like an art studio. Does it really? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm so like used the, to the smell. The I fumes and the it. paints and like, oh, yeah. and like the textile, the fabric and everything. Like it just smells like a place where things are being created. Like art, art is being created. And I yeah. love that. Like so mission accomplished, successful, I guess I would say. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I look at it, because you can't see it because it's like when we don't notice it, notice ourselves age in the mirror because we, it happens so slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. I remember seeing, like, I've known your work now for a long, Doghouse Studios and all that, and I see it, that versus now. It's easier for me, from as an outsider, to see the progress, like, because for me, it's like years jump forward, and I see you, and I see the space again, and it's just cool. Yeah. You know, it's cool to come in here. Yeah, I I guess I don't look at it. I, it is cool to come in here, because I spend, I'm here more than anywhere else now. It used to be, I was at the restaurant more than anywhere else. Now I'm here, I spend all of my time here. <laughs> I try and give myself like at least one day off a week where I'm not like completely immersed Good. in work, but it's not always. It's hard. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm either answering emails or doing, you know, now Casey's doing mushrooms. So I'm, like making mushroom jerky or pickling mushrooms now. Like I, I stay busy, but I don't not like it. I enjoy those things. So. Yeah. I enjoy the food aspect of that, like even though you know that has nothing to do with printing, there's an art in that as well. Like, oh, the photos that are going up on Instagram are so beautiful. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you checked that out? Like the Instagram account for the his mushroom thing, it's beautiful. The beautiful photos. Oh yeah, well, it's like I'm kind of a jerk. I don't really see them that often. It's probably an algorithm thing. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm terrible about posting our own pictures, like process pictures of maybe something that we designed because Hunter does a lot of graphic design. He was, he did yearbook stuff for his high school Mm -hmm. and he's really knowledgeable about Illustrator, which is where we have to, you know, vectorize images before we print them out on transparencies. And he's been very, very um, great in here. He teaches me a lot Mm -hmm. that I didn't know because I'm used to working in Photoshop for doing all of the the art things. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like if, anything that's digital I'm used to working in Photoshop right. and then like I'm learning so much about Illustrator via Hunter you know he teaches me he's like you just gotta do this this and this and I'm like man you make it look so easy <laughs> <laughs> that's cool but through doing it you know like I, I feel a little bit more confident for sure now so so like I get to teach other people I'm like I don't know as much as some but I can teach you a little bit so if Eoli comes in here because I let her come in here and print her stuff you know she's like hey I got this thing coming up can I come print I'm like yeah come print because the goal when we had the art studio was for artists to come in and create. 
So, yeah, and I remember talking to her, and I'm like, man, I would love to have just, like, a whole screen printing studio. And she told me about her experiences being from Pennsylvania and the art studios that they Mm -hmm. had there that were geared towards screen printing. And then um, New Orleans and the studios there, and she's like, Savannah has nothing like that. I'm like, I would love to be a beacon of that or even help organize that because that's, that's kind of what we always wanted. So we've we've discussed doing small screen printing workshops you can just learn the basics about screen printing if you've never done it before and you're just or if you're just interested in learning the process for yourself you know um so talking about it's you know it's you know doing t-shirts versus doing other types of screen prints like i said it is different like repeat Mm -hmm. pattern design screen printing there is a lot more mathematics involved in that if you're into that um, and there are people that do it around here and I yeah. found them and I'm like, oh, did you screen print these? Oh, I love this. This is what I want to do. But not to discount what I do here. We've actually done a repeat pattern on the t-shirt press for a gentleman who was making masks for one of the local colleges. And he's like, can you do this? And we were like, we're going to find out. <laughs> And, and, and it, we made it happen. We made it happen. It was He brought us the fabric, and um, we it wasn't like a perfect repeat pattern design. But, yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. So it took a lot of, like, so this cool. person was holding this over here, and, like, you had to hold the fabric out because you had to get all the fabric printed before you put it through this large conveyor dryer that we have that, you know, it... Uh, cures the the ink onto the fabric and so we're holding this over here and I think Jefferson was here for that too and he's like pulling he's on over here on this side of the conveyor like making sure that everything's like still flat and that was fun that was a challenge oh I love it this has been great I I do want to round off our interview here uh, but I'll I'll just say this my face hurts because I've been smiling so much I'm so happy this is so this has been so lovely now if people want to come and check out Elite Apparel, whether it be online, in person, what's the best way? How can people kind of get involved or, or check you out? Well, I mean, you can visit our shop if you're interested. We're not really a retail location. We do have a small retail space. But if you just want to come in and you're like, what do you do here? Uh, we're at 2105 Skidaway Road, right on the corner of Skidaway and 38th Street. So just look for the White House with the Red Door. Ring the bell, because we keep it locked. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about um, on, like, I know you say you don't put as much as you'd like to on Instagram, but you have Instagram and the website, too. Yeah, Instagram, or just Adelaide Apparel. Adelaide Apparel. Just Elate Apparel. Mm-hmm. And then our website is elateapparel.com, which I'm not very good at keeping up with either. But that's okay. It's a work in progress. That's so Just funny. like every business. Yeah, and <laughs> I, based on our conversation, I have a feeling that there's going to be many new things that are going to pop up with a late apparel over the coming year. So that's very so. exciting. Thank you so yeah, much, Lila. Cool. I appreciate it. Lila Clink, a late apparel. Thanks, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at wruu.org. 
And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.